Hello, I'm Sean Finnegan, and you are listening to Restitutio, a podcast to get you thinking about biblical and historical Christianity, to inspire you to follow Christ, and to convict you to lead a consecrated life. Sir Anthony Buzzard has led a fascinating life. He grew up in the Church of England in the 1930s and 40s. Then, while at Oxford, he attended a Get Saved meeting and went forward. Next, he joined Herbert Armstrong's Worldwide Church of God, and then left and studied with the Christadelphians for a couple of years before finally joining the Church of God General Conference. He's written seven books, publishes a monthly magazine, co-founded the annual theological conference, initiated a thriving mission in Africa with currently hundreds of churches, He's trained dozens of current pastors and launched a radio program and produced nearly a thousand YouTube videos. And that's just on his own channel. On other people's channels, he's probably got a thousand more. He has tirelessly promoted Jesus' gospel of the kingdom and the simple truth that the Father is the only true God. In this interview, you'll learn about Buzzard's journey of faith as well as his hopes for the future of the movement. Here now is Interview 21, Anthony Buzzard, Tireless Herald of Jesus' Gospel and Creed. I'm so happy to have today on Restitutio, Anthony Buzzard, Sir Anthony Buzzard. Uh, So welcome to the show. Mm, Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you, of course. You grew up in the Church of England, the Anglican Church. The C of E. Anglican is what you'd call it here. Church of England is... Yes, Anglican, more or less the same. High or low, though. Right. The low Church of England would be very evangelical. Mm-hmm. The high church would be practically Anglo-Catholic. And what was your Catholic. experience there? It was nothing. Now, I'm not lying to you. People think, well, you're making this up. I'm not. I was there. Here's the testimony, right? I'm not reporting somebody else. It's me. I was there for 20 years of my life, went to chapel in a boarding school every week, and then the high school version of boarding school, Charterhouse School, like Eton, Harrow, those places. Listen to sermon every day, every Sunday. And I didn't know anything at the end. Now, was it my fault? I'm prepared to say I wasn't listening. I think I was listening like no average intelligent person would. I don't remember a thing. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I want to make that absolutely clear. I didn't. And so after how long was this? 20 years. 20 years. Well, 20 years. I mean, you, you go at eight years, You would be shocked at this. Send your children away to a boarding school two-thirds of the year away from the parents. I'm against that system now. Then when you're 13, you go to the high school version, which is the public school, private school, fee-paying school. Dad wants the best, quote, education. Then you got to Oxford. At Oxford, it all changed for me. Well, what happened in Oxford? Oxford? Somebody (laughs) took me to a Get Saved meeting. He said, you need to get saved. I said, fine. What's that about? Let's Let's do it. So what was that like? Tim Sterry, he was actually the grandchild of a famous Wimbledon tennis player. My dad had played at Wimbledon, so tennis was a big part of our life. And Tim Sterry was there at Oxford studying. He said, let's go to a Get Saved meeting. Kind of a Billy Graham, to put it in American. Billy Graham, put up your hand after rather an emotional appeal and accept Jesus in your heart and get saved. I said, let's do it. And did, so did you go forward or raise your hand? I or? did. Yeah, okay. I went forward. And then what happened next? I, I went mean, back to my room and I said, okay. what's this? And I'm still thinking about it to this day, Sean. Still trying to figure out what happened there. (laughs) I've got it figured out. I was then shown the Bible because Dad was working with the World Council of Churches trying to get the Arabs not to kill the Jews, right? A current issue. And I read Isaiah chapter 2, which says the nations are going to beat their swords into plowshares 
their tanks into toys. And that drives me to this day more. The older I get, the more thrilled I am about that. It hasn't happened, but that's the kingdom of God. So I, I know that at some point you get involved with the Worldwide Church of God. I did, on how, that kingdom point, yes. How did, how did that happen? Very easily, again, not rocket science. One night I was listening to Radio Luxembourg, Radio Luxembourg from Europe, and here was this stentorian voice of Herbert W. Armstrong talking about the gospel of the kingdom and talking about beating the swords into plowshares. With Dad, you know, trying to do all that, he was in contact with all the bishops. They used to come to lunch with us, archbishop and bishop. So the whole topic was, how do you get an Arab not to kill a Jew? And I saw in Isaiah 2, which I see to this day, the kingdom of God. But I had not heard a word about that in the Church of England. No, I'm kidding. We didn't talk about it. It was there. Now, what happened? Something happened to my vision that I suddenly read the Bible as a messianic book. And you've done a very good talk on your kingdom is too Jewish, right? That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. It is Jewish. Jesus was Messiah. That's where I stand. My theology is very simple. If it's complicated and difficult, it's probably wrong. Mm -hmm. When you joined up with Herbert Armstrong's yes. group, how was that for you? I mean, was it, it a... It was an awful experience. It was awful. Awful. Partly because I was the only Brit in the American college in Pasadena. He had ambassador Oh, college. so you came from England? from England all the way to California for education. Thankfully, I finished my degree in foreign language at Oxford. That was marvelous, because later I had to get a job doing that. Right. So I finished, he wanted me to leave that degree. That was madness. I, I did my degree. Then I went to, straight to California, Pasadena, where Ambassador College employed me as directing the choir. Music was my second string. I did a lot of that stuff. And so I taught Hebrew. They sent me to Israel to do some Hebrew. I never taught Bible. Huh. I never preached. I was wow. never ordained. That's something. They sent you to Israel to learn Hebrew. Yes. Wow. Actually, it was a little bit later, but yes, they did, which yeah. was very nice. But I never preached. I never gave sermons or sermonettes on any of that. I believed it, though. Right. And the logic of this, I want to say this clearly. The logic was simply this. Anthony, haven't you read the Ten Commandments? What does the fourth one say? It says, keep the Sabbath. Right. Or die. Don't pick up sticks on Friday evening. So I'm, I'm the son of an admiral. I'm nodding. Sure. So I'm doing it. My parents are distracted, right? They're losing their eldest unmarried son to a roly-poly, as it seems to them. American right. fanatic. So what, what did they do? Did they try to intervene? They didn't find anybody to intervene. The clergy weren't very good at talking me out of that. They didn't seem to know how. Hmm. So I did it. I went to Pasadena, finished the degree there, and then taught, again, not Bible, but taught French and Hebrew and music right. and English, all things I used later. Uh, and this is where you met Barbara? No, actually not. I came back in 1965, after being there five years. It nearly destroyed me. I didn't know why. We had the truth. We didn't. We had the truth, we thought. It didn't work for me. Right. I was in a, in a fit, a state of depression. Okay. Couldn't handle it. In California. In California. And, and then you moved back to England. To another branch of Armstrong's college. Armstrong had a college okay. in England where I eventually, after three years of trying to recover, teaching music locally, getting myself back on my feet. I then went to the Armstrong version in England where I met Barbara who'd come through her uncle who'd become an adherent of the plain truth Armstrong mm -hmm. and laid it out on the coffee table and Barbara said, what's this? I want to go to church with you. So she showed up as the blonde in the front row of the French class <laughs> and I married her. And she's a student and you're the teacher. Yes. yes. Very embarrassing because <laughs> Monday morning you say, qu'est-ce que vous avez fait au weekend? What did you do at the weekend, right? Qu'est-ce que vous avez fait au weekend? Well, in, my case, in her case, she'd been out with the, with the prof. <laughs> it's fun, you can imagine it. We had to get permission, Sean, to hold hands. Oh, really? We were doing I didn't realize they were so strict. Very strict. 
how many years have you been married? 44 now. 44 yeah, years. I got married in 1970. About, no, a bit more than that, isn't it? Whatever that is, 1970. Armstrong so maybe 47 then? Yes, 47 years. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's a, it's a very easy story. The, it ends this way. Come out of Armstrong. Well, hold on. Let's back up to that. So what started you thinking that maybe there was something wrong with the system? Absolutely. And then what was the tipping point when you actually left? Absolutely. That's exactly the right question. The aha moment was two things. Firstly, Colossians 2, 16, 17. Don't let anybody tell you what to do in Sabbath, Holy Days, New Moons, which are a single shadow as compared with the substance of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. What are we doing here? Secondly, the sex scandal, which I'm afraid is true, and I won't embarrass your audience by telling you the detail, no need to, but they were not under control. So that was common knowledge within the... It became common... No, never while we were in. We would have left much earlier. But there were whispers or somehow you found out. It turned out to be true. Ted Armstrong particularly, who died later, and it was a scandal. So we had to come out. So it was a doctrinal thing, if you call that the Sabbath thing, plus the absolute scandal. We came out with Charles Hunting, who was the number two in the man. In, okay. In the, in the so when you, when you left yeah. the Worldwide Church of God, yeah. you were still living in England. Yes. What did you do? Then my degree from Oxford was a blessing. You know, degrees are very useful. So what am I going to do now? I no longer have a job at the college. I went to the American school in London, your school for all your oil magnets and your uh, ambassadorial personnel. They want 12 grades of education in London, Mm -hmm. in St. John's Wood, what we call St. John's Wood, and you call St. John's (laughs) Wood, right? Well, I shut up there, and the lady in charge of a team of 12 language teachers uh, happened to have been married, he had died, to a boy I was at school with, at Charterhouse School. So I was in, you know, she was American, but we had everything go. I mean, I got the job easily teaching German, which I did for seven years, but in the tube, going to the school from where we lived, north of London, on the tube train, day after day, week by week, I was reading my Greek text with my English text. I was trying to figure this out. Where did we go wrong? So you're teaching German in England yes, yes. to Americans. Yes, that's right. <laughs> while reading yes. Greek on yes. the train. Yeah, that's actually right. <laughs> German and French, we had to do both. Okay. Twelve of us, very charming, talented people, Mostly German and French. But when, uh, this will amuse your audience. One day, the Texas boy with the big hat, you know, and the big boots with uh-huh. his feet on the desk in front. I could see him right in the middle. And he said, Banjur, Mr. Buzzard. <laughs> Which, let me tell your audience, is actually, Bonjour, Mr. Bizarre. <laughs> okay. You see the difference? You can hear yeah. I said, this is it. I'm not going to do this the rest of my career. We were making good money. They were paying us double the British rates for teachers. Wow. These are Americans. Wow. You know, they're generous people, Americans. Yes, yes, we are. Yes, you are. <laughs> I like to think we are. So that was seven years, and yes, then seven years. Spiritually, what were you doing at that time? Were you going to a church? Were you doing home studies? We were. Try- what were yeah, you? It's a great question. We tried every church available. Now that's not fifty-five different opportunities that you'd have in Fayetteville, right? Right. It was three or four Baptists. Charismatics, we tried to push you over backward stuff. I never could understand that because why do you need a catcher if the Holy Spirit is pushing you over? <laughs> why are you somebody trying to catch you out? Didn't understand that. And they laid hands on us, tried to get us to speak in tongues, didn't seem to work. We tried the C of E, Church of England, welcoming. They send you bread during the next week to bring you oh, back. That's the red nice. carpet treatment. Ten minute sermon on who knows what, going to heaven when you die. We still believed in the sleep of the dead. And the story concludes like this. The Christadelphians came to our house. I've forgotten why. Because they believed in the kingdom. We still did believe in the gospel kingdom. Their leaders happened to live close to us in England. They came to our house for two years. 
And they said, there are two things wrong with your theology, Anthony. First of all, you believe in a pre-existing God the Son. We were Binatarians, two gods in the God family, we said. That's wrong. I said, show me. We'd been so beaten down, right? Shattered by the guru who had failed. Uh-huh. You start all over, right? Now what? What do we do? And the second thing they said is, you're the devil, there's no devil. Right. You are the devil. Humanity says, there's no devil. That's just wrong. Show me. I'm, I'm willing. Perhaps we've... And you studied with them for two years yes. on every these week. two subjects? Yes, we did. Endlessly, such that our two little girls knew every human being by, did they believe in the devil or not? <laughs> As it's how children process that, right? Yes. Because <laughs> that's what we talked about. At the end of the process, they convinced me of the marvelous truth that Jesus is human. Right. But th- he didn't convince you about the devil. Absolutely not. Huh. I tried to be convinced. I could not begin to get my mind. Right. It's, in a sense, you had every reason to join up with this group yes. because you had absolutely gone through the Church of England, right. the Worldwide Church That's of God. Right. You checked out the Baptists That's and the right. Charismatics. Right. You were a, a man and a family yeah. who believed in God, believed in absolutely. the Scriptures, but had no place to go. That's right. So, of course, you would go to the Ecclesia, which is what the Christadelphians right. call their churches. That's right. If you could. Yes. Th- but, but you just couldn't, couldn't. You couldn't square the devil. They wouldn't have us. <laughs> let this be plain. And they or, wouldn't let or, you come no, unless you fully I agreed. I couldn't take communion. I want all the Christadelphians out there listening to your podcast to recognize that they actually banned us from the communion service because we believed in an external devil. Mm-hmm. This makes you say, though, what's up with religion? What's going on here? Right. This is phenomenal. Talk about a, a, a challenge to be sorted out. So I spent the rest of my days until today. I'm still working on it. How do you figure this out? How do you process this? So the, the Texas guy in yeah. class <laughs> with his feet up, yes. for you that was the moment where you Fine. said, I, I, I don't think I'll pursue a career long term no, no. in, in no. teaching languages no, no. at this school. No. You ended up your seven years there. Yes. And yeah. you came to America. Yes. Well, that was very easy. Very easy. Again, very simple. With that set of beliefs, right, from the Christadelphians, certainly believing in the external devil, Clearly, I just don't get my mind around the other view. But now not believing in a pre-human, non-human Jesus. And incidentally, the myth of God incarnate people were doing all of that at a very scholarly level, right? The same okay. thing, Jeffrey Lamp, John H.G. Robinson, my cousin. They were happening to do it at a scholarly level. I was fascinated by that. So now with that set of beliefs, where do you go to church in England? The answer is nowhere. <laughs> wow. We got kicked out of every denomination there was. There weren't 30 of them, but we were politely asked not to come back when we said we think the dead are not alive in heaven we think the dead are actually dead or in georgia the dead are dead that's what we believed <laughs> right that was enough for us to be not acceptable in any denomination wow clear i mean this isn't very good now did you you must not have run into any seventh-day adventists uh, no uh, we did not but i'd given up sabbath remember i told you uh, right. in the armstrong days right you had given up sabbath, sabbath but they do believe that yes. the dead are asleep that's right but the Sabbath but thing. Yeah, I don't know if they would have been in England or... In, oh, yes, they would. Uh, they were the there. JWs, we would have be- become So w- why didn't you become a Jehovah's Witness? I would have done that initially. I would have done that because the problem is they didn't keep the Sabbath, right? In the early days when we believed in Sabbath oh, keeping, okay. they didn't. So I never joined them. But later on, one might have, except now, they believe in an Aryan pre-existing Michael. And that was not what the Christadelphians had rightly taught us. So with my Christology now, 
the only people were the Abrahamics in America. We didn't well, how, how did you hear about them? Went to America because Barbara's from Michigan. Came, I said, let's take a year off the American school. They kept the job open for me. I could come back. Let me quit for a year and see what happens. And we said to God, you know, is there anything else we can do with our career? Let, let's try to work this out. Came to America and had picnics in California. We swapped our house in uh, Buckinghamshire in England with a Californian just for a year. Rental. Oh, wow. And I, he had to drive my beat-up Ford, which is pretty bad. <laughs> and I drove his wonderful two Peugeot. A Peugeot, it's a French car. Peugeot. Oh, nice. Peugeot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I had to, up and down the freeway for a year. Wow. And at that time, I said to the Christadelphians, with whom we went on picnics, and always argued the devil. Argued, I think in a nice thing. We always talk about the devil. I said, is there anybody even remotely like you? They said, well, there is this thing called Abraham's Church. They didn't know the name. I said, give me that number. I phoned them on a Friday evening. Russ McGaw was editor of the magazine at the time. I said, hi, my name's Anthony. And he said, I'm Russ. I said, do you believe in the devil externally? Yes. We were home. Because <laughs> I knew these people had... Otherwise, exactly the same set of beliefs. Now, where, where were you calling to? Where was Ross? Uh, up in Oregon, Illinois. Where Oregon, the Illinois. The Bible College was founded in 1935 or so. Okay. You knew that. And so what year about were you calling? Was this in the 80s? 1981. Yeah. And American school, 1974 to 81. Then over to America. Okay. And that's where our careers then. So after ended. you called them, you, yeah. I'm sure, were very excited. Did you oh, yes. drop everything and just drive out there? Or yes, I went when, up to see David Krogh. Okay. At Oregon, at Oregon, Illinois. Okay. And we had no differences. It happened that one of their teachers was being let go, I'll put it that way. And so there was an opening as a teacher there. So I said, I'll have to come and teach in your Bible college. Small well, Bible and college. they just agreed to let absolutely, you do that? Absolutely, right away. They didn't even know you? No. They took me on trust. <laughs> Stayed there for 25 years, actually. You must have presented well. I suppose uh, maybe the British accent. But yeah, I yeah. The, the, uh, we, obviously, we, we Americans the, fall for a British accent. No, I, I every keep time. telling you, don't be fooled. You don't, don't believe a word I say. It's all a cover for nonsense. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Anyway, you know all about Atlanta Bible College. So well, I, but the listeners don't necessarily no, know about it, so no, no. we can, we can yeah, go down that path. So, you, so you uh, you went back to England. You got your packed up your belongings. Yes, you moved to the cornfields of Illinois. We did. Sold the house in England. Sold the house. Very beautiful house. Uh -huh. Sold it, gave up the job at American school, pending right. going back, right. never went back. Right. Yeah. And when you moved to America, yeah. what was the culture shock like for you? Yeah, that's an interesting point, isn't it? I'd been in America. Well, I guess you had been. I had been in California, yeah. right? Okay. So not too bad. And being married to an American, you know, you were very sympathetic to American. Right, right. But yes, a little bit. But the thing was so overwhelming. We'd found people who believed that God was one, that Jesus is human. The virginal birth, the virginal begetting, the mir yeah. miraculous birth, the sleep of the dead, water baptism, very important. And they had all those things in place. Didn't have and the to kingdom of God? Them. Kingdom of God gospel. That was wonderful. So what did you teach? We taught, uh, you know, New Testament survey. And I taught the prophecy classes and all mm -hmm. of that stuff. Greek, a little bit of Greek and Hebrew. Okay. Greek with a modern Greek pronunciation, which mm -hmm. has always turned out to be well. And uh, what was life like, raising the daughters? And yeah, I, I don't Did know. Barbara work, or did she stay home? She didn't home? have to work. People were very generous. We didn't have really very much stuff. We had some money in a bank account, but it was in pounds. We couldn't get it immediately. So people gave us clothes. We've been given so much stuff. Wow. You know how that is. Yeah. Very generous. Yeah. Very now, yeah. in the 90s at yes. some point, the Bible College moved, moved to Atlanta. To Atlanta. Right. Do, you, do you remember what year that was? Do you know? I, I have a difficult time remembering. Is it 95? <laughs> do you, do you I wasn't that? involved yet. No, so. I know you weren't. Yeah. 
Maybe 99. I took a year off. Somewhere in the 90s, though. Yes. Absolutely. The college moved to Atlanta. I should remember that. But anyway, and I you took, took a year, year off. off. Yes, I took a year off. What did you do for a year? Nothing. Just read and thought. We'd, we'd been <laughs> given, Sean, I must tell you, we'd been given a large sum of money for Restoration Fellowship, not to me personally, but what we called ourselves Restoration Fellowship, mm-hmm. being the British wing of the Abrahamics. We're essentially Abrahamics. Uh-huh. We're maintaining slight independence by calling uh-huh. ourselves. It, that, and that, and you received that in the nineties. Yes, we were okay. given a large sum of money to do all that. So okay. we've never had to struggle uh, financially in that way. So l- let me ask you another couple yeah. questions yeah. about this time. Yeah. When did the Africa mission start? That was that around 19- the same time? Ninety-three. No, because that was before yes, when you were still in Illinois. Was. So tell that story it, a little that's bit. That's an interesting story. Yes, it was one of my Jesus booklets. Who is Jesus? An English version. Wound up in Paris. It got very dirtied. Somehow it got to Africa. I don't know how. Wow. From Paris and, to yes, Malawi. Yeah, to Malawi. And a guy at a bus station said, hey, I've got a booklet giving it to a pastor who subsequently is not with us, but at that stage he was. And he read it and he said, come and see us. I said, let's go. I went on my own. 93. So in 93, there, there wasn't really email. No. I mean, how did no. how did you receive communications? Oh, just I think by snail mail, you know, just we a regular yeah, letter. I went on my own to Africa. Which oh, is, so, hold on, let me, let me back you yes, up a second. Please. So you receive a letter, yes, from Africa, mm-hmm. and it, what does it say? It said, "I like what you've written about Jesus. Who is Jesus?" And I thought I'm going to go and see this guy. And you just said, I'm, yeah. "I'll go to Africa." And the I strength did. of that letter, you, it was I mean, there, There's no phone call to make. Probably, no, probably right? not. Okay, they're living in mud huts. They'll never switch on a light or flush a toilet. Most of them. The ones wow. They're doing. So you received a letter. Yes. You you perceived that this was the right thing to do. Yes, it and, seemed right. Uh, there was a, this was an open door to preach right. to these folks. Had, had you been to Africa before? Never, never, a third ever, world ever, country ever. before? Never. Oh yes. No, no, not really. No, Philippines. No, I hadn't been to Philippines. I've been to developed, so-called developed countries all over, but never to Africa. It's a totally life-changing experience. All right. So, who did you take with you? Just myself. You just on got on a plane. I did. And flew so to Johannesburg to, and then Malawi. It's a very exhausting procedure. Wow. wow. So yes. when you arrived, how did you even they find They took me them? up in a truck. And okay. I, they took me to a, a very dark place without lighting. They bought some marmalade. They thought I somehow would like marmalade. So we had toast and marmalade to eat mostly. I got okay. into this bed and a rat jumped on the bed in the night. <laughs> Don't I remember that part. And then they drove off in the truck to various mud huts where we preached to 150 people. Wow. Who were interested in this guy who'd come and we talk about the kingdom wow and that founded the work so did he meet you at the airport then yes oh good they did they did it was a little malawi airport yeah i've been there yeah yeah you have yes we're now we're on common ground are we not that's a small world and then of course jim mattison that's the father of rebecca martin yeah he got very excited about this and he went the next year we did too we went about four or five years took the girls there and Jim Madison, and then later Joe and Rebecca have been there massively. Right, right. So They've they really developed this over oh, the totally. last couple of decades. Brilliantly well. Yeah. Brilliantly well. But, but you were the tip of the spear. I was. I was. For some <laughs> reason, I seem to be the one sort of got stuff going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about yeah. something else that you started going yeah. Yeah. 26 years ago. Yeah. Uh, the Theological Conference. Yes. When, when did you get that started? Was it oh, in the 90s as well, Ken, no, right? I give credit to Kent Ross. Kent Ross, okay. in the 90s, 26 years ago, we're doing our 26th one this year. Right. Kent Ross said, we need to have a, quote, theological conference. Looking back, I wouldn't have given it that title because uh, right. the perception is, well, these are nerds who parse Greek words. Yeah. That's the very opposite of what I intend. If we don't do stuff here that is vitally impressive and important for people's 
life in Christ day by day. Forget it. I'm not interested. But however, it was a good thing. Sid Hatch was there, the late Sid Hatch, a lone Baptist Unitarian who died and his family did nothing with his work. Very tragic. But he was there in those early days yeah. in Oregon, Illinois. It must have started then. So you started it there. Yes, and what was, what was the purpose of it? It was to, to get Unitarians, new Unitarians, that we were finding basically with our magazine. The magazine's been going for 17 years. Focus on the kingdom. That's been the calling card for us, the tract. Yeah. Right? 88 countries now in several languages and so on. Uh, so that's started, and, and you're seeing the results of it now. Yeah. It's fun. The purpose was to have a meeting yes. that people could come to yes. who weren't already part of That's the Church right. of God, That's Abraham exactly and Faith. Right. And Dead. you ran it with Kent Ross. Certainly. Kent, yes. And we did originally that was in Illinois, and then yes. presumably when Oregon Bible College yes. moved to Atlanta, became That's the right. Atlanta Bible College, then the Theological Conference and was held down came? there. Sean Finnegan and <laughs> our friend... Victor, right? Victor, Victor Gluckin. You yeah. came. <laughs> right. Okay, so you have the theological conference going, the African yes. mission going. Yes. What, what else was happening at this time? Was this when Later, you were starting to come out with your yeah. Doctrine of the Trinity book? Yeah, or was, uh, when, was when was that? Yeah, you know, I've gotten the date of that. Was it 1980, was it? Uh, so that was earlier. It was the first attempt at writing. I'm not a writer. I'm a, I'm a hack language teacher. I deal with words fairly well. But I never set out to write anything. One has to do it because one sees, rightly or wrongly in the Bible, a clarity which one experienced. I'm, I'm not talking head knowledge, whatever yeah. that's supposed to be. Most yeah. of your knowledge is in your head anyway. I'm talking facts for me. I know what I didn't know, and now I know what I think I see. I find that very exciting. I have to tell somebody about it. Why not? And you're the same. You have the same zeal for that. I do. I do. Absolutely. So then yeah. when you moved down to Atlanta, yes, sir. what was that like? Was it a very different situation it, it for you? Yes, the Bible Belt is very different from, yeah. the, from the Midwest, isn't it? It you is. You can talk Bible here anywhere in a bank, in a, in a grocery store. You can say, isn't it great the kingdom of God is coming? And they're not going to regard you as some hopeless American fanatic. If you say that at a cocktail party in London and quote a verse, suppose you say, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus, you are sidelined immediately, marginalized right. in England. You cannot a social say, pariah. An idiot, an American fundamentalist, right. fanatic. Right, right. Five percent of Brits go to church regularly. They only go to be hatched, matched, and dispatched. That's a fact. Uh, right. Here, what? Fifty-five percent. Oh, I don't. I, I don't know. But you can talk Bible. But here. but down here Everybody. in Georgia, in particular, you can do it. You can everybody do it. is. It seems like everybody's. I'm sure there are plenty That's of right. non-religious people too. But it seems like everybody's a Christian down here. It does. Easy and conversation, isn't it? So for you, was that? Exciting and yes. invigorating, or was yes. it, it was this is weird, I no, no, don't know no, if these no, people no, I loved are, it, you weren't actually. skeptical, you were just... Not at all, because I talked just excited about, about these things. UPS driver came yesterday, and I said, you're probably a Baptist, son. You said, I'm a Southern Baptist. So I immediately <laughs> say to the Southern Baptist, but you won't put me in hellfire forever, will you, for a half a glass of wine with a meal? So he said, of course not. I said, well, that's a relief, because some of the older generations would, you see. <laughs> My point being is, how mad is church? Right. You can deal with atheists at that level easily. But put them in a church clutching a Bible, and now they're saying that grape juice is really what that was. Well, it wasn't. Right. You can look it up in Webster's. What's that about? That's challenging. Yeah. Why is it so They bad? say Jesus performed the miracle of turning water into wine. The yeah. Baptist performed the miracle yeah. of turning I, wine I into grape juice. One, thank you for reminding me of that one. <laughs> I like that one. line, don't you? It's a classic. It's yeah. a classic line. <laughs> you brought it back in, into fashion again. I love it. 
Here, here's another question I wanted to ask you, just from your perspective. Yeah. I mean, you're how old are you now? You're in your, I'm 82. Yeah, just on 82. So yeah. you're 82. Yeah. You're an octogenarian. You've seen. Yeah. The rise of so much technology and so many cultural shifts, so many wars all around the world. And what was it like, as as somebody who holds Matthew 24, 14 dearly, that this gospel of the kingdom will go out to all nations, what was it like for you when the internet came out and you came to see the the value of it? Very interesting question. Being a conservative, being a Brit, you know, I remember that Bill Wattell, you remember him, yeah. he had to urge me to get email. I wasn't going to do email. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for that. I mean, how stupid is that? That's a very conservative, backwards view. Now I look at the internet, it's changed our lives. It's absolutely astonishing. Yeah. I cannot compete with the younger generation. I don't think there are words to describe this. What would Abraham make of this internet? It's amazing. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm tempted to ask you the same question. How do you process this? It's all part of what you do. It wasn't what I did. Well, for, for me, the Internet was already there mm. before. I mean, I remember when the Internet came out. Yeah, yeah. I was always interested in technology. Yeah. But f- I wasn't already on board with the mission of getting yeah. the gospel around the world stage. at that stage. That. So for me, it That's was right. kind of an obvious yeah. place to be yeah. once I got that Matthew twenty four fourteen in my heart. But yeah. you already yeah. you already had seen yes. that. You'd already been to Africa yes. on a whim. That's right. That's and right. all all of this yes. other work with the, yes. the Focus Mag, all the books that you had yeah. written yes. and all the students and That's pastors right. that you've trained That's right. all throughout That's right. the United States. Yeah, even and, Armstrong did the Gospel of the Kingdom. Right. He actually plagiarized that from the Church of God's seventh day. Oh. They were the guys who saw the gospel is not just Jesus died and rose. This is our thesis, right? It's a falsehood to say that Jesus did three days' work. That's Billy Graham's quote, right? Yeah. It's wrong. What, what did the poor man do for three years when he wasn't talking about his death and resurrection and was talking about the gospel? I mean, you've heard us say that forever. Yeah. You understand that? That's the logical point we're working at. I think it's unarguable. So, as far as the Internet goes, you have a website. Yes, of course. Yes. And you got that up pretty early on, right? We did. Again, with help from technically-minded people. Carlos right. is good. You got your... Law. Well, it was, I was out before Carlos, before it was, I no, it was knew you. It was, already, it was already there. Much improved. In the early 2000s, I'd say. Sure. sure and sure. you had all your articles there. I remember that. Yeah, we're putting and you had this quiz. Yes. <laughs> you still have that and, quiz yeah, there, I right? still have that it. That quiz is... It's not bad, is it? it it's fun. It gives it's you fun. something to do. Absolutely. Right. Love so it. then Carlos has really been the one getting you on YouTube, right? Yes, he's very good at that. And, and yes. so on YouTube, how many subscribers do yeah. you have? Do you know? Uh, on YouTube, I, I don't know, thousands it is. I don't, yeah. I don't know the exact yeah. numbers. We, we're not as good at keeping on the stats. Sarah's been very useful. Sarah is, is very Your daughter, sharp Sarah. With yeah. Lev. My daughter, Sarah, eldest of three girls, is very, very good with words and all of that. So she chimes in with the technology easily. Excellent. An yeah. excellent secretary in and, and you do a lot of email. I mean, you, you, yes, you've I do. been doing a lot of a email lot of for email. decades, Too really. Much. Not Facebook. I don't do Facebook. No, but I, but I mean, answering email. inquiries. Absolutely. On every imaginable thing, I find them endlessly interesting. What is this? Why do I find this so interesting? <laughs> I, my point of view is this. The Bible is a tract offering you immortality. Okay. It's not a book to be parsed. It's not a book to say... Who wrote this, when, why, how? I mean, that's part of it. You can do that. But if you're not getting beyond that, you're missing the point. It only says, here's a book which tells you how to live forever. I guess my attention. Didn't learn that. So scholars are 
how do I put this politely? Scholars are good and bad for me. PhDs right. can be a disaster because they're not believers. Right. Even James Dunn writes a book called Christology in the Making. It sounds like an evolutionary model. It's sort of getting better and better. Yeah. No, no. What about the faith once and for all delivered to the saints? That's a different, a different thing. So that comes mm. simplicity, the chessboard. You can't play chess without a chessboard. Can't play soccer with no white lines. Right. If there's no faith once delivered, forget it. Yeah. Let me ask you another question yeah. here. Looking back on your service to God yeah. over all these decades, what yeah. stands out as something you're proud of and that you're glad you did? That's that an interesting question. You would I'm recommend so to glad others. I wrote those books, Sean. Okay. And we're waiting for yours any day now. <laughs> I'm Isn't working it? on it. Remember, you know, your audience as well as you are a student of mine in some sense. Right? Yes. I've had, yeah. I've had some part in your formation. Absolutely. That makes me quite yeah. scared to say that, by the way. I'm frightened of that. Oh, I hope I didn't deceive him, you know. I do. Part of me says that. Anyway, no, if I hadn't written the books, I'd be in a frenzy now. Thank the Lord I had the time at, that, at the college to write the books. It's a lot of research. You know, it's a lot of reading, isn't it? But one has to leave something, a legacy, right. don't you think? Yeah. So I'd be very discouraged if I had not written this down. And of course, you offering this opportunity is a huge blessing yeah. for us. Well, huge I'm response. excited about it too. Uh, yes. Now, Absolutely. out of all the books you've written, yeah. which one would you single out as yeah, the most that's an, you know, if you, impactful? If you want simplicity, Aims and Claims of Jesus was written talking to a little old lady, so to speak, or whoever, across the table. This is what I understand. It's very repetitive. I go on about the kingdom of God. That's the only thing I know. So, the Our Fathers Who Aren't in Heaven is, I think, the best title we had. Oh, and yes, that, that is a good title, Our Fathers out. Who yes, aren't, aren't in Heaven. heaven. It goes out rather massively. Our books are going out to Amazon every week uh -huh. and that one along with greg's book greg dybel's book right uh, which is the, what they didn't teach me in church that right. one uh, those books go out recently rather massive massively is exaggeration but amazon is buying our fathers who aren't in heaven and my translation i'm glad i did that the mistakes there need some, some corrections need to be made right but i'm so glad that i got that translation of new testament out I've got it off my chest. Yeah. Now, I'm surprised you didn't say the doctrine of the Trinity, Christianity, yeah. self-inflicted yeah, wound, because that, yeah. in, in yeah. the years that I've attended yeah. the theological conference yeah, yeah. Yeah. and have seen yeah. people I know. give these faith stories I over know. and over, I that's know. the one they cite. I know. That's interesting. <laughs> and that's actually a very interesting point, because when I heard that over the years, it dawned on me, my goodness, what have I done to these people? How awful. Part of me said, my goodness, what's going on here? They're here at this conference because they read that book. Oh, right. no. Yeah. Well, Dan Gill read that book as yes. well. Yes, and he had come to the same conclusion right. on his own exactly the same year, 1980. And we yeah. met much later, Dan and Sharon Gill. So there's a scary part of this. You know this, that you are forming the minds of people when you preach. Yeah. Better get it right. <laughs> That's, That's the right. goal, right? That's the goal. Looking back on your life and what you've done, what regrets do you have or, or what would you yeah, what say you to somebody else by way of a warning not to yeah. follow in your steps yeah, in, in that's a, a particular that's a area? Question. Well, obviously, one made a catastrophic mistake joining Armstrong right. in one sense. But if I were God, we are not God, but right. God looking down at the human race, he knew that I needed that cult experience. I can relate to a Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon, in a way that I could not have, had I not been under the slavery of a guru. So I learned the lesson, watch your gurus carefully, the people you're learning from, check their credentials just a little bit. If they have a King James only degree, I, I wouldn't necessarily, <laughs> there's a little jibe there, but go easy with that. 
Yeah. Because the best people in the field, the professors of theology, the religious professors of theology at Oxford and Cambridge, Yale and Harvard, they are not always good believers, but the work they do is worth reading usually. They're very good. So yeah. watch, your, watch your leader carefully, right? Then listen to your pastor. Is he preaching on the gospel of the kingdom and the one God? If he's not, he doesn't sound like Jesus to me. I'd be wary. Be a, a Berean, right? That's a good text, isn't it? Right. They search right. the scriptures daily to see what they were hearing is true. Most people are not Bereans. Is, is that a fair assessment? They're not. They should be. Yeah, probably not. I, yeah. I think most people, I mean, uh, just speculating here, probably yeah. just go to church because yeah. they think it's a good thing to do. Yeah. It's good yeah. for the kids. Absolutely. They maybe listen. Right. It depends on what kind of a preacher is there and That's what right. kind of tradition they're right. part of. That's right. But. Um, they're, they're probably not checking it against the scriptures to see if it's really true. Oh, no. It's assumed the guy knows because he's been trained. Right. Never right. mind that the guy down the road. He's the expert. The he's the, but the expert down the road is saying the opposite. Never right. Mind. Well, that's a problem. Know. Okay, so Dad taught me one thing. Dad did not preach at us. He wasn't sermonizing. But he did say, you'll find, lad, as you go through life, that most people are groupthink. I like that phrase, groupthink. They're not thinking it out. They're most people, majority, are, are groupthink people. That's not a good idea in the Bible because it keeps saying, don't be deceived, don't be deceived, check it out, doesn't it? Mm. So I, that's the lesson yeah. I've learned. I regret uh, the, arms, the trouble I caused to my parents is very distressing. Oh, right. Joining to arms. Yeah. You, you know, you hate to think that you cause injury to your own family. Yeah. That was very bad. But when you're, but when you're young, it, you, you're just trying to find your way you in are, the world. You're not You are, and people f- are very forgiving. They are very, Americans, may I say, are very generous about British people on the whole. They're very kind, very friendly. Yeah. And they allow this amazing freedom. You realize that. That when we preach at home on a Sunday, when we're streaming church, the, the law would be at the door if somebody tried to stop me. If somebody came and said, you can't say that, the policeman would be right there to defend my right. I mean, that's amazing. Your right of free speech, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Look what you do with elections in this country. It's unbelievable. Look at the involved. <laughs> look at the activism. Who's going to be on the cabinet? Now transfer that to the kingdom. I'm interested who's going to rule the world. Right. And the answer is you are. But this is a part of preaching we've not done well. We said, if I could just be in the kingdom and hold the door for a thousand years, stupid. Your talent <laughs> is much more valuable to God than that. Just holding the door for a thousand I years. Yeah. It. Who are we going to rule over? What? You don't understand that? If I could just hold the door for that, stop it. <laughs> Sit down. What talent have you got that God didn't give you? None. Right. God gave you the talent. He's more excited about your talent. He wants you to rule 10, 15 cities. Why? Because you can be enormously more of a blessing. It's not only to be blessed, but Abraham is to be a blessing. blessing yeah. Faith of Abraham is a brilliant title, by the way, for a denomination, I think. Yeah. What kind of encouragement would you offer to yeah. folks? Like, take, yeah. for example, somebody who just has <clears throat> discovered the kingdom of God, and yeah. they believed in just going to heaven when they died yeah. their whole life, and, and yeah. now they're just getting on board with this whole yes. idea of yeah. participating in the rulership of the age to come. Absolutely. Maybe they are young and they don't know what to do with yeah. their life yes. what, 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 how I mean, would you I encourage think you somebody to pray a lot i think you say to god here's my life you know you've given me talents this and that opportunities you simply pray and allow god it does say that he will direct your paths and he does i don't think he directs every tiny thing we do that's silly but he has obviously intervened in our lives i see the plan now looking back so i'd say pray a lot and then be non-aggressive don't be too aggressive don't try to infiltrate in an aggressive way because you don't want to do that you don't want to disrupt other groups and you're likely to do that with those truths 
So go easy on that. And each story is different, isn't it? And you try to marry in the faith, by the way. Try when to marry in the faith. To get yeah. married. Marry somebody who has your beliefs. It's very important. Yeah. yeah you've probably you seen that work out differently where, yes. where people yes. didn't marry somebody right. of the faith and then it That's right. It was and then difficult. you say, what are my talents? What has God given me as talent? Let me develop that talent, maybe make a living doing it. A tent-making thing is very important. You right. may not get paid a full-time job doing Bible. You may not. All right, tent-making. What am I good at is another skill. Let me develop that. What do I love to do? Mm -hmm. Go for that and get somebody to pay you to do what you love to do. That seems reasonable to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. Last question. <laughs> I have a list of questions here. Obviously, we've, we've worked through them all. Got your list. Uh, so th this is my last question for you. Yeah, yeah. Where do you see the future of the movement? Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating, um, and, I, and I may may not be right here. I am listening. As you get older, I think you learn to listen too. I'm listening very carefully to what all of you guys are saying because you're thinking about this a lot too. I do think we're at a, a, a momentous time. I think we go one of two ways. I think we ought to do better than we're doing. We have lost our salt and savor, I think, if I'm right. For example, we talk a lot about the Great Commission, but in fact, nobody ever did it. Hmm. So if you talk to the rank and file of this movement, largely speaking, you will find they're not talking about their faith to anyone, ever. It's when you start doing that, it gets so exciting. Right. As you'll meet some of these folks, you're gonna meet some amazing people here this year. Their stories are unbelievably interesting. That keeps me interested. So I oh, think yeah. we've got to do that or perish, actually. I so those are the two yes. possible futures yeah, you absolutely. see here. The Great Commission, you either do it or you don't. We'd better do better at that, I think. Yeah. I think so. Now, when you, when you say the Great Commission, you don't mean just believe that Jesus died for your sins. No, I don't. No, I, no, I do not, obviously. That's a great point. That is the key point that I think the Abrahamics discovered. Well, no, I mean go into the whole world and teach them to do everything I, Jesus, taught you. Right. That's not just I died for your sins. It includes that. Right. The whole kingdom of God teaching, Acts 8.12. Luke 8.12, good memory verse. The parable of the sower is everything to me. People say, well, if I tell my friends about this, they're not going to believe me, so I'm not going to say anything. Don't go there. Paul went and lobbied in the marketplace, didn't he? A lot of people refused him. Keep at it. Don't give up because people don't believe what you say. Keep at it. Yeah. And I'm sure you're encouraged, yeah. as I am, to, to yeah. hear stories oh, of people totally. as they email in or you totally. meet them in person and they say, I was blind, but now I, I see. We see That's that exactly we had right. Keegan Chandler last year present. Isn't he amazing? And now he's got a book out. That's exciting. I think you've I, seen that happen over and over. I do. Uh, every yeah. I mean, we try to put them in the focus mag. People who read the mag say, "I always start with the comments." I would do that too. <laughs> you know, here I am in in Ibadan, Nigeria, this morning, chap. I'm so grateful you send this magazine to you know month half. I was so thrilled. We want to hear what goes on at this conference. Send us the film. We can't. We haven't got internet. Well, send us something. You know. People are very excited about these truths because the yeah. Bible has become interesting rather than dull. Right, right. Well, that, that certainly is true because once you start to see, especially the kingdom, oh, especially the kingdom. it really does make the whole Bible really come alive and make sense it does. as opposed to just a, a string of That's right. pearls That's of wisdom right. or right. little cute stories. Right. And I if mean, it doesn't break your heart to see the refugees, I mean, if you're not brokenhearted by Syria, by what some people are going through, then I think you haven't lived. It's all about compassion, and God wants it to be right. 
and you're in the apocatastasis business. You are restitutio, right? Right. right. Yeah. Is, what could be more interesting than that? Right. I don't know of anything. For those listening, apocatastasis yes. <laughs> is the Greek word for restoration <laughs> or the Latin restitutio. Yes. Yeah, so. I mean, is there, what is more interesting than immortality? Basketball? Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, living forever. That's something that's exciting, well, and, and it's, yes. it's, it's not living forever staring into no. a tractor beam glow, <laughs> humming the same song over and over. No, you, we're going to be doing things, and we'll have... Like take think, charge of ten cities? Yeah. Rule the world? I, I say this to pastors. First Corinthians 6.2, they don't know what it is. What? First Corinthians 6.2 says... Don't you know? Don't you know? Have you, don't you even understand this? That the saints are going to manage the world? Look at the interest in Trump, etc. Right? Huge interest. Fox News and the other, all the news is. Huge interest. But nobody's interested in who's going to rule the world. What? Yeah. Get real. Open yeah. your Bible. Get a good modern translation. Read it. Yeah. You are in training to fix the world. So what sort of person should we be? Isn't that... Isn't that right, and there's stuff? the key to ethics right there. Of course. The yeah. key to ethics. You get, you get your destiny straight, and then your... That's right. Your identity and your That's behavior right. line right up with that. That's right. That's right. All right, well, anything else? No, no Any I concluding think, remarks? I think then that's yeah. great. All right. First Corinthians 6, 2, right? Acts 8, 12. Acts 8, 12. Luke 8, 11. When anybody hears the gospel of the kingdom of God, the devil, high-tension words, right? The devil, external devil, is there to snatch away that gospel of the kingdom from the heart so they would not believe it and get saved. Yeah. What? Yeah. Talk about high-powered teaching. I don't hear sermons on that's it. That's a spiritual battle. I don't hear sermons on it. Yeah. That's, that's it. Well, thanks so much. Thank I'm you. Uh, really thankful yeah. that you could make this time to... To Love talk it. a little bit and uh, for sharing about your yeah. life. Well, go viral with everything you do and we'll be happy. Well, what'd you think about that? A pretty inspiring life, isn't it? If you'd like to find out more about Sir Anthony Buzzard, visit his website, focusonthekingdom.org, or you can subscribe to his YouTube channel, which is called Restoration Fellowship. Also, you can check out Another podcast where I featured Anthony Buzzard, Podcast 71, What Good is Jesus Without His Gospel? And if you haven't already done so, please come on to restitutio.org, that's restitution with no N, restitutio.org, and subscribe for email updates. This way you can find out when new episodes come out. Or, even better, subscribe to Restitutio in your phone or tablet. Just open up your podcast app and search for Restitutio or search for Sean Finnegan, and you'll be able to find the podcast there and hit subscribe, and you'll get new episodes automatically downloaded when they come out each week. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for next Thursday, where you can listen to part seven of the Kingdom of God class that I'm running currently. And that is the episode about the kingdom as gospel. Kind of appropriate for the timing of all this, but check that out on Thursday. And remember, the truth has nothing to fear.